0: They say that getting started is the hardest part. You know, like when you know there's something you need to get done and you just seem to keep putting it off. Maybe it's something that's big and you just don't know where to start or maybe it's not so difficult you just don't enjoy doing it or whatever reason. It just seems to get pushed aside and getting started is the hardest part. Well, that's certainly been the case for me when it comes to these podcasts. My last episode, I did lesson number three in a series, and I said that I needed to do parts one and two, but it's just been difficult to get started. So today on Iron Supplements, we're just going to bite the bullet. We're going to jump in with both feet. I am going to stop procrastinating and just get started. And that is where we are, starting a new series called Be Transformed. (laughs) It's hard to start a series when you've already done lesson number three, but this is going to be lesson number one as we look at an unlikely candidate for transformation. A person who I believe had the biggest conversion and transformation in all of history, certainly one of the icons of christianity that we look to one of the greatest men other than jesus when it comes to christianity and so today on iron supplements we're talking about being transformed the life and writings of the apostle paul So having grown up in the church, I've heard the story of Saul's conversion many, many times, and I've spoken to so many people about Saul and his character and what they uh, think about why he, how he was transformed and what transformed him, and there seems to be this general consensus that Saul actually probably wasn't such a bad guy, that he was simply just misguided, that he he thought he was doing the right thing he just had really bad information and i think that where this comes from is looking at Saul's life there are a lot of characteristics uh, in his life that are admirable and there's a lot about his character that seems to carry on into his new ministry for example uh, he was a very religious guy like he was sold out to what he believed in and he was such a strict adherer to the law that he could say of himself as to keeping the letter of the law that he was faultless, and he was very well educated uh, he was actually taught by the president of the sanhedrin, the leader of the sanhedrin, and he was a student of the law he was a teacher of the law he was uh, very well thought of in his uh, community uh, he was eloquent uh so it seems that he would make a great candidate for being God's spokesperson. And he was very, very zealous. Like right? He was had an all-in personality. And so if we could just get him turned in the right direction, he could be all-in for God rather than all-in against God. And so we just needed to get him the right knowledge. And that's what his transformation was about. And that seems to, to say that you know, he was a, probably a pretty good candidate for this transformation, pretty good candidate for God to call to be his apostle to the Gentile. And there's something about that reasoning that has just never set well with me. Like, I, I, I look at it and I just say, it's, it's contrary to what Saul says about himself. It's contrary to what we know about the nature of people. And it really goes against the context of Scripture and the culture of which this story is said. And so I'm going to share with you three reasons why I believe that Saul was actually one of the worst candidates for transformation in all of history. So there are a couple of reasons why I think Saul was an unlikely uh, candidate for transformation. Let's talk about the first one. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who has deeply held beliefs? Uh, That could be a very enriching and rewarding conversation, especially if you uh, hold the same belief. But it also (laughs) could be one of the most frustrating conversations of your life if you're talking to somebody who holds the exact opposite belief as you do. And uh, have you ever tried to convince somebody that they were wrong? Like, how did that go for you? <laughs> have you ever wondered why it's so hard to convince somebody that they're wrong? Like, it doesn't even matter what information you bring people, right? It could be the, the most obvious, truthful information that you know, and they, it just seems to not have any effect on them. Have you ever wondered why? Why? Well, the truth is that we all have a lens by which we view all information. And that lens is called confirmation bias. And the way that this works is we all tend to accept information that confirms what we already believe. And we tend to also reject any information that contradicts what we already believe. And so the more deeply we hold a belief, the more likely we are to believe anything that confirms it doesn't even matter. Sometimes we accept uncritically without looking to see if it's true. If it confirms what we already believe, we just believe it no matter what. And if it contradicts what we already believe, the the same is true. It doesn't matter if it's true or not because we just reject it out of hand. Like we, We don't look at it critically. We just tend to dismiss information that uh, contradicts what we already believe. Now, when we are new, we get new information for the first time, we don't have a deeply held belief about anything. Then we tend to look at it and there's a bias towards belief of the first thing that we hear because we just don't have anything to compare it to. But the next time we get information, if it confirms what we already believe, there's something amazing that happens in our body. Whenever information confirms what we believe, we get a little hit. (laughs) Like, uh, we get this euphoric kind of feeling. It makes us happy to get and receive information that we already believe. It confirms what we believe. And the opposite is true of information that contradicts like it tends to set us off a little bit like it gives us a little bit of attention kind of a feeling a little bit of angst and it can even make us very angry and so the more deeply uh, we hold something to be true doesn't matter what information that we built this on whether it's true or not if we believe it then our bodies tend to accept things that confirm that and reject things that uh, disagree with it. And so, can you imagine Saul of Tarsus, who has been taught by the president of the Sanhedrin, one of the greatest rabbis of all time. He has been taught the law, and he believes deeply in the law. Like, he believes so deeply that he said about his own walk that as to uh keeping the letter of the law that he was faultless like, he was an ideologue he believed so deeply and he was so zealous about what he believed that he was willing to try to even force people to blaspheme against god so that he could put them in prison if they were followers of this way right like, he went out of his way he went to foreign countries to find people to bring back to imprison them right i mean he was he was, there was no Way that new information was going to transform. Saul, right? It doesn't matter what information he got. Like, I already believe that he had heard everything about Jesus. I believe being in Jerusalem and being a leader in Jerusalem at the time, he had already met Jesus. I believe that he had already heard Jesus teach. I believe that he had probably even seen some of the miracles. I believe that he was one of the Pharisees who was out to get Jesus from the beginning. I believe he was one of the Pharisees who heard Jesus and despised him. I think he was one of the Pharisees who were plotting against Jesus all along and probably played a key role in the process that led to Jesus' crucifixion. So, new information was not what Saul needed. That would not transform him. And so, that to me makes him a very unlikely candidate for transformation because it doesn't matter what you tell him. He's not going to change his mind. So the second reason I believe that uh, Saul was such a poor candidate for transformation kind of plays off the first one. And we've already talked about you know this confirmation bias and how new information that comes in, if it confirms what we believe, we tend to take it in. And the deeper we hold a belief... The, the more readily we accept new information and the the more we discount information that uh, discredits what we believe or goes against what we believe. And for Saul, what he believed, I think, went well beyond reason. Like I don't think it was just a belief based on what he knew. I think this belief went further down to how he felt. Like, it became... Intensely personal. It it, it it plays out in his life like this is something intensely personal for him. And so think about this in terms of the confirmation bias, right? If if you have information that comes in that is contradictory to what you believe, and that information already has a tendency to make you feel tense, have an adverse reaction to you. If you hold your belief personally, that feels like a personal attack. And I think that that's exactly the way Paul felt. Like, I think he looked at these Christians, these people of the way. I think he looked at Jesus, and it, everything about them was contradictory to what he believed. And he held what he believed so intensely that what they were saying became to him a personal attack. And he had hatred in his heart. He despised these people. And there was nothing that he would not do. There were no boundaries he would not cross to persecute them. Uh, He had such hatred in his heart that he was willing to go uh, across country lines, right? Cross country boundaries. He was willing to try to force people to blaspheme. He was going to get women and men and children Like It didn't matter who it was. He had no compassion because this was a deeply personal belief that he had. And so this this contrary information that went against what he believed was like a personal attack for him. And I just think that uh, it went beyond reason. And so there was no way he could reason his way out of this, right? There's no amount of reason that could change Saul's mind. And so that makes it very unlikely that anybody could convince him that he was going in the wrong direction because he would take that as a personal attack. And then the final reason also goes along with this idea of person and identity and everything that is tied up in our identity. I mean, when you think about who you are, a lot of it has to do with the people you surround yourself with, And your occupation, and all the things you care about, everything you love, right? And so if you look at Saul, you you see a man who had a considerable amount to lose. I mean, he had position, stature in his community. He was well-respected. He was probably pretty charismatic. He was probably very well-loved. Probably had numerous friends. And associates, and uh, his identity tied up in in what he did as a, a teacher of the law, a student of the law, and being a Pharisee. All of that was a high price to pay, right? Like people just don't give up their identity for no reason. It takes a. It would take a lot. Like it would take more than just. A little bit of convincing. And the way Saul was transformed seemingly overnight seems to suggest that this was more than just just a a kind of normal kind of uh, process to change his mind. Now, this wasn't about knowledge or changing his mind or reason or anything. Something had to be greater than all of that Because Saul actually gave up his total identity to go in a different direction. So in this series, we're talking about being transformed. Literally being transformed into the likeness of Christ. Being like Christ. And we're looking at a man named Saul who was, thats it's just an understatement to say he was an unlikely candidate for transformation. And yet he underwent something miraculous. His transformation was instantaneous. It was complete and it was permanent. And so we're going to look at his life and his writings and we're going to try to understand how his transformation took place. And he would give us a clue in Romans chapter 12 verse 2 where he says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as we've already talked about, this renewing of our mind has to be more than just getting new information because there was no amount of new information that Saul would have been convinced to be transformed. There was no amount of reasoning. There was no new data that was going to go in and change his life. Now, this, this renewing of our mind has to go somewhere else. It has to be something else. It has to be more than just the process of of learning. This is a process of going. I think we get a clue when we see don't conform to the patterns of this world. So we need to go from a mind that is set on what the world desires and have a new mind that is completely set on what God desires. We need to go from a worldly mind to a spiritual mind. We need to go from our own mind to having the mind of Christ. We need to think completely differently. And in order to do that, we must also experience a completely miraculous change in our life. We have to go to a different power beyond natural power. We will never get there on our own. We will never get there by studying. We will never get there by reasoning. We can only get there by connecting to the one entity that can cause that miraculous change of thought, and that is the Holy Spirit. When Paul was on the road to Damascus, he had a miraculous thing happen to him. He met Jesus, but it, was, it wasn't was until he was baptized that he was filled with the Spirit, that he had the complete knowledge that would transform him. It was a knowledge that was supernaturally given to him. And we're going to learn about that supernatural kind of knowledge that we have access to. Paul will talk about having the mind of Christ, being able to search the deep things of God, the, the things that are so deep within God that only his Spirit would know. And we have access to that. And so here's what I want to start out with. And that is, I don't care where you are in your life. I don't care how opposed you've been to God or how accepting you are of God. Whatever you believe, I want you to first think that your beliefs may actually be holding you back from a miraculous change. Your beliefs may be hindering you from receiving what God wants for your life. Paul was sold out for what he believed, but he was absolutely wrong. It wouldn't matter what anybody said to him, he could not be convinced otherwise. And so I want you to be open to the idea, to the thought, that whatever beliefs you have, it's only based on partial knowledge, and that you need a different kind of knowledge. You need a supernatural kind of knowledge. You need a connection to the Holy Spirit. And God is more than willing to allow you to have that. He is ready to come to you. He is ready to send His Spirit into your life. He is ready to come into you. If you are baptized, you have the Spirit of Christ and all you have to do is allow that Spirit to have access to your mind, to completely give yourself over to it, to give up on the worldly point of view and give your mind over to Him. Surrender your will to Him and allow Him to completely transform your mind. That is step one. Can't wait for step two. So brothers, I am absolutely sold out to this desire for transformation in my life. And my prayer is for you to come along with me. And I pray that these words are are more than just the knowledge, the head knowledge that you're going to gain. I pray that it is leading you right into the relationship with Jesus Christ, connecting through His Holy Spirit to God the Father, to having access to the mind of God, the mind of Christ, and allowing your life to be transformed by the renewed mind that you have the, the thoughts that go away from this world and into the spiritual desires of God brothers I pray that we will walk this walk together I pray that that we will see from Saul from the Apostle Paul that this initial encounter with Jesus was, intended to be a miraculous, instantaneous, and permanent transformation. But Saul still had the choice. He still had to surrender his will to God. And because he did that, because he surrendered so completely to God, the Spirit was able to use him in the most dramatic way to have the greatest influence on Christianity of any man other than Jesus himself. Every single person who picks up a Bible has access to the words of Paul. And so we're going to continue to see how he talks about his transformation and what it was that, that led to it and how it became such a permanent part of his life so that we can allow that, that initial encounter that we had with Jesus that transformation that we had when we gave our life to him to have a permanent and lasting transformational effect on us so I ask you to continue to join me Not just here on Iron Supplements, but to come join us at Iron Men on Monday nights at 7 o'clock at Argyle Church of Christ. As we walk through this world together, sharpening each other, helping each other grow close to God. And bringing each other through this transformational process. Thank you, brothers. I hope to see you Monday.